0: Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Day nine of Spawnmas, as Rocky and I count down the first twelve issues of Spawn, and man, I got to tell you, uh, going from Alan Moore to Neil Gaiman, I think the next issue is Dave Sim. Um, I forgot a lot about, about these early issues. You know, we've <laughs> talked we've talked about how they hold up a lot better than we thought they did, but I <clears throat> I forgot how much more and game and add to the mythos. And again, I got to wonder uh, how much did McFarlane, you know, did he just tell them, Hey, I want to build up the mythos of spawn or, or did he, ha- you know, were these, his ideas that they executed? So interesting. And uh, I- I'm very curious. One thing I do want to correct uh, from last issue before we go any further, though, we did talk about the little girl, Jessica who cracked open and and I said, mistakenly that it was violator you know the the demon sort of half brother of spawn that we'd seen the previous issue that was wrong it was vindicator who's a brother of violator that's right that's why he looked a little different looked (laughs) a little more insect-like or whatever so that was totally my mistake assuming it was violator it's vindicator again there's five of them in total um but yeah this is a good issue Uh, that neil gaiman he's a pretty good writer
1: well, it is, and uh, you know, it's funny because you alluded to it. You sort of uh, almost asked a rhetorical question. You know, whose idea was it? Was it McFarlane? Was it Gaiman? Uh, it should be noted uh, a little bit of comic book history that there, there, there was a lawsuit that arose from this issue over the creation of Angela. And I guess uh, Angela, of course, being a sort of an assassin who kills Hellspawn uh, in preparation and is a as a prep to sort of uh, destroy the army of the of the uh, of Malabrosia before that the I guess Armageddon occurs and you know, it's interesting that uh, it, it, it took many years for the lawsuit to, to resolve itself, but it, it is an open question. I've never, I've never actually read a transcript of the trial, but I'd be kind of curious to know. I, I'm sure McFarlane and uh, Gaiman, because like you said, Angela is a key part of this spawn myth- mythology And uh, you got to wonder what was the extent of their collaborations early on and, you know, if their stories changed over the years. I'm not really sure. I I never, I I know what the outcome of the lawsuit was and it was in Gaiman's favor in terms of ownership on Angela. And it ultimately, Angela ultimately ended up uh, being owned by Neil Gaiman, ultimately ended up selling Angela to Marvel Comics where she even, I think she even had her own series for a while at Marvel a couple of years ago. But uh, in any event, yeah, so let's get into this issue. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, and 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 I am not
0: even necessarily talking about Angela herself. Obviously, she you know she's part of the the warriors of heaven. This coming war, you know, that Malibulji is talking about between heaven and hell. Uh, and yeah, you wonder about okay. Well, I mean, it's still McFarland's comic. Like he owns it, he owns the characters, he owns the world. But he must have given some sort of deal to Gaiman, and probably in order to get him to do it. Say he was going to retain some rights. And it wasn't until years later after this comic book came out. I I mean the speculation I've seen is that McFarlane didn't want to pay royalties anymore Like, yeah you just wonder but basically they ended up kind of settling um, McFarlane did have to pay a sum of money um, but in terms of creators yeah so he gave Gaiman the Angela rights there's Rocky's waving it there the toy uh, but in return he he held on to the medieval spawn rights so he owned he everything spawn um, but in term I'm I'm not even necessarily talking about what did Gaiman come up with? What did McFarlane come up with in terms of the, uh, the characters, but I'm I'm even more talking about the fact that there, that there are, you know, there are other hell spawns. I mean, as, as we go through the issue, um, again, written by Neil Gaiman, art by Todd McFarlane, letters by Tom Orzakowski colors by Steve Olaf and Ruben Rood. Um, we see that Angela is there, and uh, she's in disguise. And there's all these in a, in a scroll text. It's a very very good job for, uh, of lettering. Um, we see all this information. Like this is how you identify identify a spawn. This is what their characteristics are. And then we see medieval spawn for the first time. And again, we don't even know who's narrating at this point. Here here's the hunting methods. Young hell spawns make the best sport, and here's why. It talks about them being time disoriented. They've been uh, sort of held in stasis for five to ten years, which is exactly what we see with Al Simmons. Young Hellspawn are are confused. They tend to respond to good or noble impulses. This can be exploited by an experienced hunter. So there's all this information. There's all this lore and mythos that's being added that really paints a picture of a much bigger world than, you know, this isn't just, hey, Al Simmons has these powers. You know, it's a, it's a whole world. It's a whole universe that, that is being built here. And so that's what I'm wondering when I say, you know, how much did Gaiman create? How much did, uh, did McFarland have input on it? Um, and it, it does show at several times Gaiman's uh, background and pro. <clears throat> Cause in some of these scroll texts, we do get quite a bit of, Uh, of information. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of wordy. Certainly not expositional the way McFarlane is. It's more informational. Uh, So anyway, this Angela, she's, she's in disguise. She convinces this medieval spawn, this spawn from the before time that her sister was captured by this ogre. And she leads him to this waterfall. There's a cave behind, they go inside and then talks about hunting methods and, how the best way to hunt a spawn is to sort of take them by surprise. And at that point she transforms. He says, what magic is this? And her response is, it's not magic. You know, it's, it's basically the war between heaven and hell. She talks about the carapace, how in some cases the carapace may be, you know, that sort of parasite that bonds to them. Like we saw last issue with Billy Kincaid, that can be more wily and vicious than the actual person that it's bonded to because it's got more experience. So we see Angela defeat this, this young Hellspawn, and we're told about how uh, the most important thing is the lance, and once it's activated, it sends the spawn back to uh, its home existence, basically. Uh, the way she, uh, Gaiman puts it is, once activated, it sets up a dimensional resonance that will lance the Hellspawn from this level of, of existence like pus from a boil. <laughs> so not exactly the, the <laughs> nicest visual imagery there. Uh, and then after we see that she's defeated this Hellspawn and the Carapace, we jump forward 800 years to the now time. And we find out that, <clears throat> excuse me, in this alley uh, where Spawn's been hiding out, people have been asking for him, but all of his homeless buddies are uh, are covering for him, saying that they haven't seen him or making up Atlantis stories. Uh, so Spawn thanks him for that. And then uh, another guy kind of comes up out of nowhere and says, Hey, uh, what do you say, Spawn? You think you could create us a a creative strawberry ripple wine? And he's like, I'm not sure I can use my powers like that. this guy's convinced. So he's like, just close your eyes and concentrate. I'm sure you will be able to do it. And we see the energy counter again. And sure enough, he's (laughs) able to create this case of strawberry ripple. And he's, he's kind of surprised by it. Um, but one thing that's interesting, while Spawn's focusing on creating this wine, this guy says, the trick's pulling energy from your costume. It's a neural parasite, and you know that doesn't mean you can't borrow a little energy from it. And in return, you, know, you can make the wine. So right away, you're like, wait, how does this bum that's living in an alley know anything <laughs> about this suit? But Spawn, I think, is so distracted by the fact that he made
1: this wine that he doesn't even notice. Uh, and, and it's so, worth it's worth describing what what the to the people on the podcast what this bum looks like because this bum looks like uh, like a, like a drunk version of, of of the traditional version of God in my mind with the long beard and the you know what I mean he with the green robe he kind of looks like a drunk drunk former holy person in my mind or something like <laughs> yeah he, and he
0: is wearing robes and when um, Spawn asks him okay uh, well who are you and he says he says mister he goes no count count nicholas coglostro at your service mr simmons and and despite all this right despite everything the guy has said where he seemingly has all this knowledge of spawn and Spawn's powers it never clicks for al simmons until the the count calls him mr simmons and then he's like what did you just call me uh so (laughs) we, we stick a pin in that for a second and we travel across the city to a building where we see Angela in present time and she meets up with somebody named miss Gabriel, who apparently is, is also an angel of some sort. And uh, Angela has apparently mistreated in the past, but this woman is now uh, in charge of the whole world. The whole world is her region of responsibility. Since Rafaela was called upstairs. Raffaella was called upstairs. Another angel. She's uh, the director under- of
1: Terran affairs.
0: Yeah. So basically what that means is she's in charge of the the <laughs> battles between heaven and hell that occur on earth. Yeah. And so Angela says, uh, we'll check it out. I have a hunting permit. There's a new hell spawn. And uh, Gabrielle's like, okay, but do it quickly and quietly. Last thing I need is a big trail of nonsense. So you want to hunt here? You want to hunt this new hell spawn and just make sure it's quick and clean. Meanwhile, spawns confronting the count back in the alley. He's got a, lifted up by the lapel saying i want to know how you know as al simmons <laughs> and coglow says well, geez kid you're not really very bright are you i mean i knew about your costume i knew about <laughs> this i knew about malabolgia but it wasn't until i said your name that you uh understood who i you know that i i was somebody important and he talks about yeah i know i know the guy you did the deal with and spawn's like okay i did a deal with the devil so you know what do, what do you know and just like you okay you made a deal with the devil but did you ever s- stop to think about which devil and spawn's like what do you mean there's only one devil <laughs> and uh it like man again you, you got a lot to learn kid he keeps calling him kid which i i love it really uh it, yeah. <laughs> it really kind of sets their relationship up and Caglostrio even says, you know, half the people in this alley made a deal with the devil at some point. You know, they they <laughs> asked for power or wealth or fame or, you know, whatever. But look, Sonny, there's a lot you don't understand about what's happening to you. And it seems like Kuglostrio may be willing to sort of uh, educate Spawn. But before he gets a chance to, somebody taps on Spawn's back and it's Angela. She's found him pretty quickly. And she even indicates part of the reason, because Spawn's like, uh, who are you? What do you want? I'm really busy. I got a lot on my mind. just like, yeah, that, that's how I was able to get this close without you you realizing what I was doing. So they have a, a battle, uh, and it doesn't necessarily seem like things are going Spawn's way. It's it almost looks like he's sort of disintegrated at some point, and he's sort of hiding in in his cape. His cape looks like it's liquefied. Angela dives in there after him, but once inside the cape, inside that dark world in there, it looks like Al Simmons has the upper hand and he starts choking Angela and she, and she's, you know, begging to be let go. And he does release her. Uh, And at that point she stops fighting and just flees completely. She shoots up out of the Cape in a big giant ball of light. The guys in the alley like saying, Whoa. And even Caglostrio himself is, is pretty impressed. Uh, he says, wow, you don't often see an angel take off like a bat out of hell, laughing at his own pun. And uh, and Spawn's like, wait, that was an angel? Why is she trying to kill me? You know, because he's still stuck in the angels are good and heroic and, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of the traditional Western Christianity sort of thing. And uh, Coglostrio again says, look, there's a lot you don't know. And Spawn starts picking up her lance. And again, remember er, early on when we saw Angela in ancient times fighting against the medieval Spawn it talked about how important that Lance was and that was the weapon that could, you know, uh, Lance, uh, hell spawn like a, uh, you know, Lance, uh, excise the pus from, from this world. So Coglostrio was like, don't, don't touch that dude. Don't put it down. And, but spawn, you know, being curious and trying to understand things like, but, but, what is it, what does it do? It's almost like by telling him not to touch it, you've made him more curious. He's like, look, there's some kind of button and he presses the button. Um, I gotta say that that's a little, that may be, may, be, may be a little bit of a bridge too far for me. I mean, Al Simmons, an experienced operator, you don't go pushing buttons on weapons that you don't recognize that are foreign to for you. But <laughs> yeah. he does for whatever reason. And uh, as he kind of zaps out of existence, was like, I said do no! And they're like, oh, well, I guess it's too late. You know, I did say you were a good kid, but not a very bright one. And <laughs> we see this kind of puff of green smoke go floating off. And we see the energy counter for Spawn, and it's it's not even at zeros; it's dashes, as if he no longer even exists. So Kuglowski like, "Well, I'm out of here. Let me grab my strawberry ripple wine." Uh, it's kind of a pity because that uh, that Al Simmons he showed some potential; he, he could have been the one, he could have been a contender. <laughs> uh, but yeah, who knows where he's uh, where he's gotten to? So I sort of feel like this is granted a little bit in issue 7 to 8 uh, in terms of Spawn needing to get some weaponry to take on Overt Kill, but it, we kind of had an ending between their fight and Overt Kill thought Spawn was dead. So I feel like this is the first issue where we really got somewhat of a cliffhanger, where it's really like, oh, I, I want to know what happens next. I want to pick up and read uh, issue 10 because we know Spawn's not really gone, but but what happened... You know, what were the consequences of him pushing that button? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's fantastic. Again, I'm always going to have that question until I get a chance to talk to Todd about, you know, how many of these ideas. Obviously, Gaiman wrote it, just like Alan Moore wrote the last one. They scripted the issues, respectively. But how much input did did Todd have in terms of, you know, hey, I want to I want to make sure it's understood that there are other spawns. You know, there there have been hell spawns from before. There will be hell spawns in the future. Al Simmons is just one of many. Uh obviously Gaiman created Angela himself. Um and uh and Medieval Spawn, probably his idea, trio as well. Uh but yeah, I mean it, it it's a it's a really great example of how much story you can pack into one issue because a lot happens in this issue especially when you compare it to some of those early issues where very little happened. Um, so again, just the difference between uh, a veteran writer like a Neil Gaiman or Alan Moore versus a kind of a younger writer, somebody who doesn't have as much experience writing uh, like Todd McFarlane. So not to say McFarlane doesn't have good ideas, but writing comics, writing comic scripts and, and scripting them and putting the vocabulary in their mouths and having them talk to other characters and having it seem natural it's definitely a skill. Not everybody can do it. So, I, I I love this issue. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I don't know what it says that my favorite two issues that we've read so far are eight and nine. The two issues that McFarland didn't write. Kind of <laughs> yeah. interesting. Well,
1: you, you couldn't get two better guys of Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman, especially Neil Gaiman is well known for uh, crafting uh, tales of mythology. He's probably one of the arguably the best in the business, and not just a. Uh, not just uh, well, of course, he's the creator of Sandman, so the guy's a master at it. And I mean, Angela here—it's a great character. In the previous issue with, with Alan Moore, we we learned about the the various the, the ten levels of hell or the ten spheres of hell, you know. And I'm always reminded of all those expressions. I'm going to send you to the ninth level of hell, the eighth level of hell. I guess you got different spheres of hell. And here, Gaiman builds on that by 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 having this uh, colossial ca- ca- this this kind of bum, you know. Almost treat Al Simmons like he's an idiot, saying you don't. There's so much you don't know. You don't even know that there's more than one devil. Well, we're assuming because we're inferring from the previous issue that for each sphere of hell, there's maybe a different devil, or there's a different lieutenant, or you know, we we got a violator, we got the vindicator. You and I even mixed those mixed those names up last issue, and then we corrected ourselves. Uh, so. It's building. It's building a mythology here. Gaiman's building it up, and and whether it was by accident or by design, between McFarland's first uh, seven issues then eight with Alan Moore and ninth here with Neil Gaiman, this is, this feels actually fairly consistent. You know, there was a lot of exposition heavy in those first seven issues, and then eight and nine in, in the last two with uh, between Moore and and Gaiman where this is really building up uh, building up the lore. And it's amazing to me, like this, this issue nine is probably next, other than perhaps the first issue. In fact, I would say issue nine here on the speculator market for at least for more than a few decades uh, was always worth more than issue one because it was the first appearance of Angela. And I have in front of me here the the action figure back in the day, I bought bought right from the comic shop. I can tell you that the this spe- this uh the, this spear that Angela has in the comic book, the one that Al Simmons touches that that of course sends him to I'm not sure where it sends him to, uh but uh, we'll have to wait the next issue. But uh, I can tell you that the toy here is actually quite quite impressive. This spear, even after all this time, this is thirty years old. I I can push a button on this on this thing and and the top shoots off real quick. It still has a lot of uh, oomph to it. So this is a hell of a toy. It's built it's built like a brick shit house. This story. hard hard plastic, but uh, you know you know at least probably six or seven points of articulation. It was spa, uh, McFarlane's toys at the beginning, but still very well put together action figure. It stood the test of time. I'm never gonna sell this on eBay because I you know I still occasionally play with it. Or you know, I'm
0: looking right now. I'm curious how much it vintage angela
1: i think it's probably, oh, probably 50 60 bucks i would think maybe i don't know i don't know ah, if here's that one that. in a bo- here's one in a
0: box well i don't have uh, the box like I the, yeah it. it's like well this isn't really well <laughs> so this says angela size ultra action figure 1995 the box is quite yellowed and it's yeah it's 30
1: it's Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Oh, there you go. So, but it's uh, I mean, th- these things were matte were just everywhere back in the day. But uh, you know, oh, it's yeah. uh, I, I tell you, it's, it's still pretty good. To, it stands the test of time. You know, they they don't make toys or action figures like they used to. But no, I I enjoyed this. Uh, Angela is uh, she's she's basically an immortal character, been around for eight hundred years. She she fought the medieval spawn. I found it interesting how medieval medieval spawn was very easy to defeat. I thought that was kind of curious. Um, I'm. I'm. The questions I have reading this, I'm curious as to what power the the Spawn's cape has. She falls into his cape, uh, and to have Angela sort of lose her powers, and she almost begged for her life, and she was ter- parif- terrified when she was sort of swallowed into Spawn's cape. I'm not really sure why that is. So she underestimated Spawn. She, I'm surprised she would fall into the Cape like that. Like, you would think after 800 years' experience, she would have some more experience knowing how to avoid a a Hellspawn Cape. Uh, uh, but apparently not. And obviously, Al Simmons found out the hard way what happens when you touch this one of the spears of uh, of an angel. But yeah, it. Interesting issue. The high point, so for me, I thought there was a lot of humor between just uh, his his relationship with the street people who told him about the cops investigating, asking questions about him. They're all protecting him. All of them have their own deal with the devil, as uh, Claustrio, the one uh, <laughs> the one bum said. And uh, the way Claustrio uses Al uh, Simmons to spawn, to create for himself some wine so he can continue to <laughs> feed his alcoholic habit. This is good. This had uh, humor, this built-on the mythology, and... And, you know, this this is a comic book that we can now definitively say this has stood the test of time. This has always remained on the speculator market for the last 30 years. So, you know, I mean, say what you will, whether whether you like this issue or not. I mean, and you and I both like it. This is a classic issue and it has stood the test of time. And heck, it it, 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 it even, even contributed to some legal history in terms of the uh, what it said about uh, creator-owned work uh, in a lawsuit between McFarlane and Gaming.
0: Yeah, really, really interesting when you think about it. I know some of the stuff's been retconned out, uh, and I wonder. Like, I wonder. I don't think it's in. I, don't, I mean, there must be. I mean, there's a digital edition, but it was probably from before the the lawsuit, maybe. So, I'm not sure how if Marvel owns Angela now. I mean, is he able to still, you know, print this comic? Maybe he, he, the character's called something else, looks differently. I I, I don't know, but I uh, have to do some some research on that when I, when I get a chance, but yeah, great issue. Like I said, best cliffhanger or or maybe the, the first true cliffhanger that we've had uh, in the whole series. So I'm excited. I, I don't remember a damn thing about issue 10 uh, other than I know the cover has, uh, has Cerebus on it. And I remember it always stood out because part of the covers in color and part of it's in, in black and white.
1: Well, you know, uh, I, I should say something, Chase, about issue ten. I bought the digital, tr- the the second digital trade of Spawn, and yeah. issue ten is not included in it. And I think it's for copyright reasons. So I have to, I'll, I'll have to find another way to read issue ten. I actually own issue ten. I think I have it in a storage box somewhere, but yeah, it's not included in the digital edition. It goes from issue nine to issue eleven, and I, and that must be for some copyright reason. Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe, uh, maybe McFarland's. Uh, Maybe his his rights to use cerebus expired. The other yeah. thing about issue ten um, like i said I, I don't remember anything about it, but I'm flipping through it right now um, There's a scene where a bunch of people are are imprisoned, and they yeah. it's only their arms and now that I'm flipping through it, I remember this It's a very well known image by McFarland, but yeah. their arms are sticking out of this cage that they're in and they're clearly recognizable you got hulk you got shazam batman wonder woman green lantern (laughs) (laughs) Venom, spider-man superman thor juggernaut flash thing joker so i wonder if that might have anything to do with it. uh but again we'll we'll have to wait and see uh as i said written by dave sim and uh be sure you tune in tomorrow when we uh cover issue 10 because yeah it looks good it's been a long time since i've read it so uh anything else to add about issue nine before we wrap it up rocky uh
1: no i just uh you know i'm just you know I, I i'm glad i actually got to go into my uh garage i've got like three boxes of old action figures and my to bring out angela again it was just you know puts a big smile on my face so you know i, enjoy, I enjoyed i enjoyed this <laughs>
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. So Uh, don't forget, everybody, if you're checking us out on uh, YouTube, be sure you head over to your favorite podcasting app or platform and do a search for the Comic Source and subscribe so you don't miss any of our audio-only content. Uh, If you are a a subscriber of the podcast already, be sure you also head over to YouTube, uh, do a search for Rocky's channel. It's Comic Boom, Comic Space Boom, exclamation point. Subscribe to his channel. He does other stuff other than just collaborate with me Uh, He talks about his extensive collection, shows it off, does reviews and whatnot, uh, as well as uh, teaming up with other people at at various times. So be sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of his content. Ring that notification bell, like this video. All of that really helps us uh, and our reach. So holiday season, we hope you're all enjoying it. Hope you're having a great time, spending time with uh, friends and family, whatever you celebrate. uh, We hope you're making the most of it. So that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate the support as always, and we'll talk to you next time. Mary (laughs) Spawnmas. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content.